0: The
1: Final Furlong
0: Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans.
1: Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy. We're going to preview the weekend's racing in the company of the host of The Bloodstock Show and At The Races presenter, Miss Vanessa Ryle.
0: (laughs) Hi there. Sorry. I don't know whose dogs they are. I'm so sorry. That's a bad start. I was going to say, why
1: is it the the dogs start barking the second I introduce you?
0: hang on two ticks hang on guys guys come on now what are you doing <laughs> hey
2: that would have been better if she just said shut it you slag <laughs> Oi, shut it you
0: <laughs> sorry i just sometimes just absolutely those dogs they're not mine
1: oh man is this because you're still living in somebody's posh house
0: No, I don't. Right. I don't live in someone's house anymore. I have my own house. But when I want to do a podcast and I want good Wi-Fi, I come over to the other house. And at the other house, they have three dogs.
1: And we have talked for a long time before this podcast. And the second we hit the record button, those dogs wanted a cameo appearance. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, you can also hear in the background, by the way, I should say that Vanessa Riley is the first lady of the Final Four on Podcast. You can also hear in the background uh, one of our main men, uh, Matchbook's Rory Delargy. Good evening. Uh, you've been asked on Twitter if you have a cough bottle or a brandy to ensure that there'd be no coughing. Are you okay?
2: I'm fine. <laughs>
1: that doesn't sound like a confident way of saying that. So I know. See- Let's just get straight into the action. By the way, uh, this day week, you will be seeing, live on At The Races, on Get In, Vanessa Ryle, Kevin Blake, and me. Yep. It's yes. Annual, very excited. It's our annual trip to the Get In studios. But I do believe, Vanessa, we might be doing things a little bit differently this year.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the finalized plans are, but I think... We have the run of the show for a little while, Mm. as in us three, as in team final furlong, Emmett, Kevin and Vanessa. Mm. Uh, And then I think there might be some sort of voting system to see if they the viewers want the boys back or if they want us to stay in. So we need our podcast listeners to, you know, really hit vote when the voting happens. Oh,
1: you Racing Broadcaster of the Year, Luke Harvey, would feel so low if we ended up beating him. And uh, and taking over his show for the night. So you've done it before for us. We're asking you to do it again. If that's the system that's going to be put in place, we are going to need your support. Uh, Yeah, we're flying over to London on this day week. So we're on the get-in show again. Uh, We always have a lot of fun on it. And hopefully it'll be a lot of fun this year. Let's get to the weekends racing, shall we? The big race, of course, is the Bedford Hurdle. Uh, 3.35. Should we try that again? 3.35. See, I can use my mouth words. This doesn't bode well. for getting, by the way, Vanessa. Uh, it's last year's race was abysmal, but this year's race looks really, really good. Uh, it's a huge field as well, which means we got to go straight to Rory Delargy. Your thoughts on the Bedford Hurdle, sir? Uh,
2: yeah, twenty-four runners are good at post. You still got still got the reserves in there, but um, it's a hugely competitive race. Um, we talked about it the other day. We're suggesting it has to be. 10 or 12 to one in the field to be honest um you tend to look for an improving novice in this race and that's narrowed the field down um very helpfully over the years um and has, has made your job of analyzing a big field race a lot easier but it's absolutely full of lightly raced improving novices this time around so yeah um you know it's a bit of a nightmare in that regard um the only good thing
1: about last year's race was those two improving novices who pulled clear of the dross.
2: Yeah, it, it was not a good contest last year. I have no idea why um, why the the, uh, the training ranks on mass decided that it wasn't really worth uh, winning a hundred grand hurdle race when they could wait for a fifty grand hurdle race um, in you know five weeks time. Bizarre. Um, it's it's crazy to be to be not running horses. Um, in a race like this uh, with a to running them in the county hurdle or something like that and that's just bonkers um thankfully we're back to um back to normality here with with what is as good a renewal in terms of depth of, as of I, as i've ever seen in this contest and maybe we've had a better ones in terms of the of the overall quality of the winner but um it's so hard to rule horses out there are 33 to 1 40 to 1 shots in this race who you would generally want to have on your side in handicap hurdles mm. um you know horses like uh divan bear there. Yes. just a second start for Paul Nichols, and you know, he's completely ignored in the betting. You'll probably get forty to one, fifty to one about him tomorrow. Um, and you know, and this is a horse who went very, very close uh, to winning at the Cheltenham Festival last year, um, and is only a five-year-old who should who should keep improving. Uh, and that just tells you all you need to know about the the quality of the race. Um, you know, there will there, there are probably there's going to be at least one horse at, at fifties or thereabouts who hits the frame in this race, and. Um, you'll be wondering why it was allowed like to go off that kind of price, but the, the bottom line is, you know, when you can make a case for almost all the field, something has to give somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you will you will be getting some long prices, especially on the exchanges, about um, about the outsiders here. So, don't rule anything out would be my my initial advice.
1: So. Is your approach to this race then, Rory, to back more than one? Because I'd, I'd yes. certainly be, yeah. I was just about to say, definitely I will. Pr- I'll probably
2: go with three. Okay, uh, I'll put two up now, um, and I'll basically shop around at around of you know ten eleven o'clock tomorrow morning for the best the best placed terms and the horses who've been pushed out. Because you know the, we've been betting on this for a while now. If you look at the best prices across the market, it's about a hundred and thirty percent between them, which is which is not particularly um good for value seekers but that will be whittled down to about 110 uh, percent by tomorrow morning and with enhanced play terms there will be some very very good value here um there's one i'm going to put up here is sort of uh, you know a 12 to one shot generally i reckon you get 20s about it in the morning whoa whoa and of course it's just the way it's just the, the, you know the nature of the race yeah and you know it's, course- gonna, it's gonna be that price There're gonna be horses who are, who are 25 to one um on on the exchanges tomorrow who are in you know, sort of general uh 12 to one shots yeah. As it stands at the moment, and someone has to stick their neck out and of make them twenty to one um, for each way punters, and and you know there will be a few of those who who uh, who make appeals. So I'm going to limit it to a couple at the moment, but so you know
1: there's a couple of things to say just before you give us your selections. Um, in the morning, there will be bookmakers who are trying trying to cut each other's throats by going looking at this race and saying, right, let's try and get some account acquisitions. Let's try and get some business going and actually lay a bet. So they'll have enhanced place terms, as you said. I know that one or two have already gone five places. There probably is going to be somebody who'll stick their neck out and go six places, depending on how much I you think, get on. I think, them. yeah, I think Betfair,
2: Betfair Sportsbook are six places already, for Betfair example. Betfair have already think... done it. Okay, well, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because um, uh, there's one or two who've gone five. So Betfair Sportsbook, like Michelle, they've gone six places already. Uh, and as you said... In the morning, they're going to push the prices out as well. So it's a case of being up early. And there's going to be huge value on the exchanges as well. So let's get your two selections for the race so far. Would you like them in price order? Yes, please, sir. Okay.
0: I feel nervous, Rory. I'm nervous for you giving us this. This is a big build-up.
2: I'm, I'm hovering over um, the machine already. The first one the first one, who I think you, you might get 20 to 1 about in the morning. You know, and he is that price and bigger. Um, on the exchanges at the moment with, with limited liquidity, is Waterlord for Don McCain. Um, he won novices at Bangor and Haydock in his first two starts this season, so he he fits the bill as um, as an improving novice. Um, he's got the right kind of weight, a ten stone thirteen here towards the bottom of the It's so a rating of one three five, um, and I think he might be a little bit underrated because he was only fourth uh, last time out. That was in the Rossington main. Um, novices' Hurdle at, at Haydock, a supreme Novices' Hurdle trial these days, um, and he he didn't look that happy in the conditions. I know that he's won twice on heavy ground um, this season, but Donald McCain said before the race at Haydock that he he's not really a soft ground horse, but because he's had an injury, uh, he was keeping him to to soft ground early in the season, but he would be better come the spring on better ground. Uh, and he, that looked the way to me when he went through that race. He probably wouldn't have been a match for first flow. He won anyway, but he tried to serve it up to that. They, they went head to head and first flow just jumped a little bit better than him. And once you start getting the, the wrong end of a battle like that, um, it can um, it can tell on you. Um, he looked clear second best throughout the race, but because he tried to make a race of it with the winner, he was passed by a couple of other rivals um, who were ridden more patiently late in the day. Uh, I believe he will improve for the grind as indeed his trainer says as well. Um I also think he'll improve for not having to make the running he's done that in his last two starts because they've come in small fields. Uh and he was very impressive. and um, put up a decent time when winning at Haydock on his penultimate start uh despite being eased. Um I think um the nature of the uh, the the big race at Newbury will actually suit him. I don't think he'll lead I think he'll sit in just behind the pace. It's, it looks like a very strong pace. Lots of um Lots of horses who like to be handy or make the running at Newbury. Um, and being handy is important. Needing to dominate is less so. So I think he fits the bill. And, and as I said, because of his profile, uh, people might make um, judgments about his form having levelled out or his need for, for very soft ground. It's worth pointing out that um, before his injury, he was a, a very decent bumper horse when he won three times on good ground. Mm. And I think that will be his ideal surface. So although he's not going to get good ground um, for the Betfair hurdle, it's not going to be as deep as it was um, at Haydock, And I think that will see improvement from him, in which case he's a player. He's a 12, 14 to one shot at the moment, but I think because of his profile and because something has to give in this market, I think someone will, will go 20 to one in the morning. Okay. You'll certainly get that price on the exchanges. Um, and um, you know, you different ways of playing this. There will be there will be six places going um and there's value to be had that way. But if you want to sort of nab the best prices uh, on the exchange in the morning. There will also be a lot of fluctuation I think in this market um on the exchanges tomorrow. So it'll be overbroke um if you can jump in at the right prices for, for horses you fancy. So as I said he's he's top of the list. Um second in, um and the horse I'm probably going to make my nap tomorrow um is the enigma that is core blimey Coor blimey <laughs> uh, we know we know plenty about him he's a, he was a very very good bumper horse uh he beat bally andy um who won this race mm. uh last season uh, when they met in bumpers um but his hurdling career hasn't gone particularly smooth he's only won once he's still a novice um he was very impressive in a small field that went canton in december um and he's run well despite jumping terribly in his last two starts. And that is the big issue with him. Um, he does not jump hurdles particularly fluently. He actually might end up being a better chaser if they want to go that route with him because he you know, he, he gives his hurdles um, too much respect. He doesn't tend to, cl- to clatter into them. He tends to sort of put the brakes on a little bit and jump them carefully, um, which is not ideal in races like this. And it could well be his undoing in this race. But if you watch his races this season... And imagine how where he would have finished if he jumped fluently or cleanly at all in those races. He would have been bolting up every time. Even last time when he was six on the Lanzarote, he traded at 8 to 13 and running off the home turn because he's, he's raced handily. Um, he's slow at two or three hurdles. He's then been pulled very wide of the field. He's managed to pass half the field on the bridle coming into the turn and went odds on before making that big effort out wide tolls. And he faded in the straight to finish sixth. I don't think he stayed the trip anyway that day. Mm. So the drop to two miles will suit. And I just think in a 24-runner race at Newbury, um, you expect them to be going hell for leather here. I don't think they will. It's a strange thing to say with loads of front runners. But the nature of, of the um, the Betfair hurdle is they all file onto the course at a certain place where they can't get a running start. Um, they will not be flying as they, as they pass um, the... At the starting point, um, we've seen false starts in this race before as well. So there's every chance we might have a standing start anyway. But whatever kind of start it is, it won't be a flying start. Um, and they'll race as a pack for the first circuit, which, uh, bizarrely enough, I think won't put an awful lot of emphasis on fluent jumping because you can't really gain ground um, in a really tightly packed field like this. Uh, and the race will only begin in earnest off the home turn. So if you take the view and it's a slightly contrarian view that his moderate jumping won't actually punish him too much in the early stages, um, then his engine, uh, and his very lightweight, he's got 10 stone seven in this contest. I would say in terms of raw ability, he is a match for anything in this race. in in terms of pure ability, I think he could be top weight,
1: but because of, because
2: of what he does wrong, he's almost bottom weight. um, He's got cheek pieces on for the first time, which which might just help him in terms of his jumping at doors with some horses. Uh, it won't do him any harm, for sure. Um, and the bottom line is he's just too big a price for his ability. Yeah. We, we know there are issues there. His jumping's an issue. Lucy Gardner would not be anyone's favorite jockey. I was just going to say, how do you Susan. approach,
1: and you know, it's not a gender issue, but how do you approach Lucy Gardner as, as being the jockey? I guess the only thing you can say is that's factored into the price.
2: Oh, very much so. And, and, of course, Lucy's been on board for every run. It's not like she's taking over from, from a professional. Uh, and that would be a big worry if someone else came in for the ride and the horse children proof form. You'd be worried about backing it with Lucy back in the, the plate. She's not a ba- as bad a rider as some people make out. but. You know, when you watch her in action over hurdles, it, it's not—it's not a particularly pleasing sight. Over um, fences, she's she, a much better jockey. Yeah, yeah, she's she 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 gets good results in, in staying chases. Again, you know, she, she has a style that doesn't please everybody, but it's effective in point to points and and in staying chases. Um, hurdle jockeys tend to need to look a bit more stylish, mm. um, which she doesn't. But again, that's completely factored factored into the price. It's factored into the horse's handicap mark mm-hmm. and the weight that he carries. Um, you know, he he is a high-risk bet, but in terms of ability, he should be an awful lot shorter than he is. Uh, and it's kind of horse you have to have something on in this race um, because if he ends up winning 10 lengths, no one's going to be going, where did that come from?
1: You're saying he's a 25-to-1 shot. The Delargy force, obviously, is going to have an impact on the price. But in the morning, he is the type of horse, given his profile, that he could actually drift out to a bigger one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I hope that he's, he was punted um, before... Um, the Lanzarotti, he drifted in the morning and then was punted off the show, So He ended up going off at 8-1 to one for mm-hmm. that. And I can see the same sort of thing happening again. He sort of, he, he drifts a bit in the morning uh, and then there might be money for him late in the day. Um, but again, the nature of the field with 24 horses, we've all got a chance on paper. You know, Remelock the last time out winner is, is going to be a 66-181 chance, which is bonkers, isn't it? Um, it just tells you, you know, how competitive it is. So something has to give in terms of prices. I think you, I think you will get 33 somewhere He's been you know, hovering around 33s on the, on the uh, Betfair market or the, the exchange market um, through the week. So um, that wouldn't be a surprise. He's not a horse you want to ever back at a short price. No. But I, I just think this might end up being the perfect storm for him.
1: Okay. Uh, so Vanessa Ryle, 24 horses for you to choose from. You've heard Rory's thoughts. He's going to back two. What about you? Are you going to go for just the one or are you taking that dual strategy?
0: um i'm taking the jewel strategy definitely jesus i want to be hedging my bets in this (laughs) um i mean i did tweet yesterday about how trappy this race is and rory's hammered at home but like just you know how can you argue with anybody's choice in this race it's actually ridiculous Mm. and for me like the card is very competitive throughout but it says a lot that the denman chase is pretty much well it is for me the weakest race on the card by a long 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 way um, and this bet fair hurdle is the real highlight. But I am, have always been a big fan of this Kalashnikov. And I think Rory could be right when he mentioned earlier that potentially this might be punted into near enough favoritism in the morning um on the basis that people love backing a potential star in a handicap company yeah and this horse has been a horse that's been touted as a supreme or a um ballymore hurdle type horse so a big, i think people, there
1: was a big piece by one of your favorites alistair down as well during the week by yeah. amy murphy so that that'll attract more attention for the horse too
0: yeah, and rightly so. I mean, you know, he's second in a in a Grade One last time out. Obviously, potentially not the strongest Grade One, the tollworth, in the world, but he, you know, he stayed on well to be second that day. Everyone said that that heavy ground probably didn't suit him um, that well. And if you look back at his Doncaster run, it was pretty impressive that what he did between sort of the last hurdle and the line, and that in, you know, at one stage he was sort of I don't know. 16 to one shot for the Supreme or something along those lines. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I just worry about his inexperience in a race like this. And I worry that, well, actually, that is my main concern, that even though he's only rated 141 at the moment and he's he's running off 11 stone five, if he's a Supreme, if he's going to hit the frame in any of those grade ones at Cheltenham, then he probably needs to be going near enough to winning this. But... I do worry about his lack of experience and I have been looking closely at the weather and they are to get a downpour of rain and he moves well enough that I think the good to soft ground suits him better and if it goes heavy again, that might not... uh, that, that isn't going to play into his hands, I don't think. Also, I mean, Amy Murphy being in such great form, I think she's she's running at sort of like 40% or maybe no, maybe a bit less than 40% strike rate, but she's having an absolutely brilliant season and it would be a great result for her. But for me, especially if his price shortens from now, I, he wouldn't be my pick, but I do like him, oh. <laughs> basically. Wait, 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 wait. wait.
1: Um, he wouldn't be your pick, but you do like him. Are, are you backing him?
0: Well, I'm not going to back him. No, I'm not going to back him. Then
1: why did you... (laughs) Okay, so you're just highlighting his potential, is that it?
0: I'm highlighting the fact that I think he'll go off favourite.
1: Okay. So who is being backed by Vanessa
0: Um, The Gary Moore trained Noc Nanus. Aha. And I feel nervous about this this selection, trust me. Um, this is the horse that was, once upon a time, trained by Michael McWinters and then came into the mooryard last year. But he's obviously had a lot of problems because he's actually an eight-year-old, but he's only had, I think, six runs, six or seven runs. Mm. Um, he... You could look at his form and be disappointed that he got beaten when uh, running at Plumpton against Alan King's horse, Lisp, but actually that horse has gone on to win since and that run. So you might look back at his form and be a bit disappointed that he was beat by Lisp on uh, when he ran at Plumpton um, two starts ago, but actually that horse has gone on to win, win, win since and... Also, he just didn't, he had to make all that day and I don't think that suited him. And actually, if you watch his last win at Fontwell on Boxing Day, He was sent off favourite. And I watched that race back and I thought, oh, he's beat. Like I you know, because he pulled so hard from the moment the tapes went off for about half, for at least a mile. Like he was still pulling after a mile. And I thought, ah, this is it. He's 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 blown his chance. But actually, um, he still jumped well despite the fact he was pulling and being quite ungainly. And then when he did ask, when Jamie asked him to go, he actually found plenty, but he still looks green. He sort of carries his head in a slightly odd head carriage and it, it, the you can tell the engine's there, but I think the penny is only just starting to drop with him. He's off 135 tomorrow. I think he's a horse that falls into the category of novice, improving, um, and he only has to, well, Jamie Moore on board he carries 10 stone 13 I mean he's 11 to one shot now but like like Rory's saying maybe he'll be bigger in the morning so you know we should all be waiting to see what price he goes to I just think he definitely falls into the category of is a better horse than a one three five horse and he shows plenty of speed it worries me that Rory says that they might not go a strong pace because actually that's exactly what I think he needs and they didn't go fast enough for him at Fontwell and so and then he tried to make his when he tried to make his own running that didn't go to plan either so i hope that they do go fast enough for him and he can settle a bit better and then yeah now the penny started to drop with him he he has very very good uh bumper form his bumper form in ireland is very good he he beat that peregrine run that obviously has good listed form now and um Yeah, I I just think he's definitely got the engine there. It's just taken a while to get it going with him, and they've obviously decided to go for this race now that he's got that handicap mark instead of down the novice hurdle-type route, which I'm sure they probably started the season wanting to go down with him.
1: Of course, going over a handicap genius. Is there anything else you want to back in the race?
0: I'm just nervous of everything. Cave Grace, but... (laughs) what i'm just nervous of everything i'm nervous of everything everything makes me nervous in this race i'm looking at it and i'm scared of everything but cave grace is another that again falls into the category of smart novice in handicap company and she has had a very very interrupted preparation well interrupted career full stop She's obviously been hindered with injuries along the way and it's taken her a little while to get to where she is now. But um, I'm not backing her at the price she is, which I'm showing up at 12 to 1. I'd want her much bigger than that. But she is a horse that I I do like. Um, And she she has got proven form in the book and with our pal Nico de Boinville on board, he, she would be my other selection, but very sort of tentatively.
1: Okay, I was actually going to use the word tentatively there, so we're we're in sync in that one. Uh, to be fair, she was back on track last time at, at Kempton, and uh, Nikki Henderson does tend to be a genius in these big races as well. Can I
0: ask Rory what he thinks is going to go our favourite? Are we right in thinking this this Kalashnikov is going to go our favourite?
2: Well, you mentioned the um, the weather forecast. The forecast I have suggests minimal rain between now and then oh good um which would be good for his chances i think if it turned i i think most people decided that um the tollworth was no good to him on the grind he also lost a shoe there of course um oh, yeah. but you know amy murphy said he didn't like the heavy grind he'd be better horse you know back on good to soft or something like that and if if it rains a lot and the weather forecast have been notoriously unreliable this winter anyway um then he then i think he'd be weak in the market but if there was no rain i think he'd end up being strong um but, you know, it could easily be something from slight, you know, a bit more from left field.
0: Would you uh, worry about inexperience with both all of my selections, Kalashnikov and, and uh, Nocnannus?
2: Uh, just to a, a small degree, but that's, that's the, the payoff you have with, with getting unexposed horses into these races. noknanus I wouldn't worry too much about, to be perfectly honest. And, and there's a, a strong possibility that Gary Moore has had this, this race in mind for him for a long time perhaps since since picking him up um from Mick Winders, because Gary's won this race before um on more than one occasion, has he won it three times Gary I think so and he won it with Violet dancer who was who would have been you know oh yeah yeah, and of course he he won it back to back um two thousand and seven two thousand and eight with Heathcote and wingman, and again Heathcote was a was a massive price uh, completely unconsidered fifty to one s p um and it shows that Gary knows. Uh, exactly the kind of horse um to get for this contest. There's no fluke that he's won it three times in, in ten years. Mm. Um and he he can plot a path um better than most trainers to get horses in at the bottom of the weights here. So mm. i I'd very much respect Nocknous and I don't think it's it's been a sort of a, a secondary thought to get him in here. And he's he's definitely on my short list as well. Again, as we've discussed, it's all about what gives with prices mm. in the morning, whether those on your long short list end up among your bets or not. And there's a bit of luck involved in that really, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. Uh, There won't be a dry eye in the house if Lawler goes and wins for connections. That would be quite an emotional success uh, were he to oblige. Only the one Irish Raider, Blue Air Rouge for William Mullins and Barry Garrity, And uh, neither of you mentioned the winner who I think is an absolute (laughs) standout and very, very obvious
2: and i think we all know who that is don't we
0: it's honestly just let it go
1: it's <laughs> obvious that this has been the long term plan and that now it will be executed and he will perform to his absolute brilliant best don't forget he thrashed the first and second in this race last year at cheltenham moon racer wins the bet for hurdle moving swiftly along <laughs> white right that could be the honestly that could be the men in white coats though that, that are knocking at the door um Bedford chase the bedfair denman chase 225 at newbury uh, again live on itv4 uh, awful news today vanessa ryle awful news for connections uh, i know the horse was uh, double entered but they were going to go for warwick but fairly um fairly sickening blow for connections
0: yeah, of Fountain's win for Paul Anthony Honeyball, who's having one of his best seasons to date. Um, only just got the horse back on track with its last run, you know, managing to complete a clear round and win. But just terrible. I was so shocked when I saw that wow. on, on the tweet machine. I literally just had to really double take because... Yeah, everything seems to be going well. We had him on ATR in the middle of the week. He was talking about his preparation and how they're definitely aiming for the RSA and this was a stepping stone to get there and the double entry thing. I mean, just very sad, very sad for him because obviously Anthony Honeyball, very successful, good trainer. Lots of people consider him in the shrewd category of trainers, but he wouldn't have the biggest yard in the world or the most talented horses in the world, Um you know, through he's got some nice horses, but that would have been pretty much near enough his stable star. Yeah, and uh, very, very sad, and yeah, very disappointing for everyone involved. So yeah. condolences to that team.
1: Uh, thoughts of the connections, the the groom, the stable staff. Uh, it's a real, real blow. Whenever they lose a horse, it's a terrible blow, but just particularly, I think that one's going to really leave a mark. Uh, right, let's talk about the demon chase. So. A race named in honor of one of the greats, although not as great as Cotto Star. Anyway, Native River. Robbie McNamara was talking about this horse, finesse only a few weeks ago. Where has Native River been? Well, here he is, making his seasonal reappearance. Cloudy Dream and Sapphire Daru in opposition. So, Billy, he's 5-6. to six. Is he worth backing, in your opinion, at that price? Or is this just a prep for Cheltenham?
0: um first of all i'd like to say that this is a terrible renewal of this race Awful, just terrible terrible on so many levels uh you've got two horses coming back off mammoth mammoth layoffs in native river and and then cloudy dream who is yet to prove himself anywhere near to be a top notch in my opinion and also i am at the point where i'm questioning his attitude mm. but we'll get to that shortly um for me, Native River is you know, obviously he's bound to be favorite in a three-runner race like this where you can pick holes in the other two runners. But yeah, it's just a terrible renewal of this race. And I just want to state now, even if he goes on to win this, and um, people will maybe potentially get all over excited about him in the Gold Cup. It, he, he For me, he doesn't have to be anywhere near his best to win this. And... If he does, I mean, they will shorten him for the gold cup or whatever race they want to take him to next, but it won't be, he'd have to win by half the track for me to believe in that shortening of any price. He just, I i like the horse, but we all know he's better suited to further than this trip than just short of three miles. He's better suited to three and a half miles. Last year, he really got on a winning role, didn't he? You know, there's no getting away from that. He really got into the winning swing of it, which I think, um, obviously, it's everything. It's everything from confident. Well, it's it's a huge confidence thing for the horse, and having been off for three hundred and thirty days, I. I I worry that he's a big, burly horse and that this is a stepping stone to the Gold Cup. And so are they going to have him at 110% for this? I don't know. I mean, what have the vibes been like from Colin armadillo tizard yard about...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought we'd get through one podcast without Armadillo popping up, but nope. There it is.
0: No, he's also not a horse that has, has run well fresh in the past having been beaten on seasonal debut the last two seasons. He, I mean, I'm not going to be backing him at the price he's at, but is he the most likely winner of the race? Probably, because like previously mentioned, for me, Cloudy Dream is not the most straightforward of horses. And yes, his his form would definitely red stacks up. But if you watch that win, that run where he was second behind Smab Place at Aintree, uh, back in October, um, he just doesn't want it quite as much Mm. as other horses do want it in my humble opinion. I'm not saying he's a dog and I know he's obviously won races in the past, but is it coincidence that he's also been second in a lot of races? I I hate to put that label on a horse, but when, if you watch that run back, he's, you know, Smab Place has his head down and just wants the win. You know, I genuinely believe some horses just try harder for their jockeys than others. And I think for me, uh, Cloudy Dream, potentially doesn't throw it all in. He might be talented, but he doesn't put it all in.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with um, that. I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, let's get to the thoughts of Rory DeLarge. We talked about this on the Matchbook Betting podcast yesterday. Uh, it, as Vanessa said, it's a disappointing turnout. And in a way, you wouldn't be surprised if the outsider of three, Sapphire Derue, was to go and get the job done. The only problem is he's Sapphire Derue, and you couldn't back him <laughs> with stolen money. Mm-hmm. So native river is actually after lengthening in price as opposed to shortening with only a three runner field uh to me this is a race to just watch and observe
2: yeah i think so i mean you know it's um Safford de Rose is possibly the most interesting one on the race if you knew that he was he was fit for this mm. um he's been it's been disappointing, I suppose, on the whole, but only because of what Paul Nicholls said about him. You know, Nicholls said he would win the Gold Cup um, a few years ago. There was that, um, and there was
1: also the fact that when he was transferred to hurdles after fences, and he wears those famous uh, Andy Stewart silks, that people just went, "Yeah, oh, well, everyone's
2: made him the second big
0: bucks."
1: Yeah, yeah big bucks 2.0, yeah. and that that was very unfair on him.
2: Yeah, so it's not really his fault that he's he's um, he's mm. gained that tag, and he. At the weights, he um he should win this based on um Gold Cup running. Everyone points out that native river ran a tremendous race to be third in the gold cup. I said the same thing the other day myself, but he was um was he three lengths in front of Safforder at the yeah, line? About that, yeah. and, and Stafford De Roo has now waited to um to turn the tables. So um if, if Safforder comes here ready to go, um it was mentioned the other day that that you know the nickels yards in poor form. I I wouldn't say so. You know, he had a couple of horses well beaten um, the day before yesterday. But actually, if you look at everything he's run this year, his, um, the majority of them have run to form. Um,
0: modus won modus today. Modus. Yeah, and,
2: and you know, and the strike rate—the strike rate has been very good for Paul Nichols this season. So, uh, including you know, post Christmas as well. So, the, the, I wouldn't say the yards are in a lull at all. Um, clearly, um, they put
0: Rory. Who would yes. you sorry to interrupt you, who would you prefer to back in terms of a trainer at getting a horse to a race course off the back of nearly a year off in better form, Paul Nichols or Colin Tizzard?
2: I I think it wouldn't be an insult to Colin Tizzard to say Paul Nichols there.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's fair. I think a lot of people, you know, I think that's fair.
2: I'm glad that you said that yeah, I'm very glad that you clarify by saying
1: I think it wouldn't be an insult to say that because people are going to start yeah. thinking those guys really have it in for, for Colin Tizzard.
0: They've really yeah,
1: they've really got all. an agenda against them. we don't. At we all. don't. Love Colin. Paul
0: Nichols is a master in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. So surprise. plus Colin Tizzard so
1: is is one of Roy DeLargy's very close friends.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, listen, joking aside. Um, at the prices, I think the only horse you could buy is Safford de okay. And I say that as someone who's never been a massive fan of the horse. Wearing a tongue tie for the first time, interestingly, yeah. off a break, when you would expect expected a wind operation. I haven't looked at the... I look at the time form cards, and time form don't tell you... Um, they don't have a symbol for, for a wind operation, unlike everyone else. Um, although it usually tells you in the, um, in the write-up. Um, but the fact that he's wearing a tongue tie suggests he hasn't had a wind op. Um, but it's rather unusual that he's wearing one unless he's just you know, made a noise recently in his work and they couldn't afford to give him a wind-up before this run. And if that's the case, if it's a case of, right, well, um, if we give him a wind-up, we can't run him here. So we'd have to go to the Gold Cup or or, or the Grand National, whatever it happens to be, uh, the Betfair Bowl. I don't know what the plan is for Safford de Roo. They'd have to go without a prep run. So maybe the plan is... Um, run him in a tongue tie, then give him a little a little breathing up before his next race. Uh, in which case, that muddies the picture further. But I see he's nine to two, and that, and that's too big given there are question marks over the other, and there's question marks over all three of them. But with the question marks over um over Native River um, and Cloudy Dream for different reasons, mm. uh, nine to two seems fairly big. I, I will um, throw in a bit of context there. You know, Native River has never won in a seasonal reappearance, but he was second in a grade two hurdle first time out last season before winning the Hennessy. Um, and you can't say that he ran below par there. He he ran two his hurdles form in finishing second. So it's not like he's been miles below form after a break. And um, uh, I know Joe Tisard has said he, he comes here pretty straight. And he said, he's had two race course gallops, I gather, um, which will help to put him straight. Um, so he, he may not have any fitness issues at all. That, um, but that is true,
1: but there is there is a line that's coming out from the yard that he has purposely been kept fresh. Do you buy into that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not inclined to, to say I don't believe it. Um, but it's, it's, it's an unusual approach. Um, Joe Tizard was saying he had a really hard campaign last season, uh, in going for the gold cup because the main plan was the Hennessy mm-hmm. and he might've been over the top. Well, he didn't say he was over the top and indeed he might, I think he probably ran the race of his life in the gold cup. Um, but he had five runs and he's taken his racing really well in previous seasons anyway so there's no reason to believe he was over-raced last season and they might have wanted to give him a long-ish break but um, I suppose when you've got a horse that came a third season chaser you don't want to be going down the Welsh National route which you can do you know with an, uh, uh and a second season chaser who's liable to be at the right end of the handicap that's a good prep for, for big races later on of course he carried he, you know he still carried a big weight to win the Welsh National but it would have been a um, an easier task than it would have been this time around and if he'd gone for the Hennessy again he would have had, he'd been crippled by a big weight and he wouldn't be a King George horse so yeah it, it might make sense they thought well look at the possible targets for him and go that might do him more harm than good, that might do him more harm than good uh, Denman Chase that'd be a nice little starter for him and then you know you've got to bear in mind it's not just all about Cheltenham, for some the season starts at Cheltenham and then goes entry and punches time.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. you know those are the
2: big, big the year yeah um you know if they if they'd known about the dublin racing festival beforehand they might have prepared prepared him for the irish gold cup as mm. well um but yeah it, it kind of makes sense that you might want to um, um to come up with this kind of plan for a horse like him knowing that if you wanted to take in all the big stops um you know the races you want to concentrate on are, are February onwards is he so, irrespective
1: of what he does tomorrow let's assume that he does need the run and Sapphire DeRue's the horse will be back and Rory Largy ends up having his all in
2: gravy uh, is he a horse that would be on your radar for the Gold Cup definitely okay. absolutely you know unless it comes unless he runs a stinker and it comes to light that That's you hear a, something after that, the way you he like didn't hear beforehand all right yeah as, lo, as long as he runs as long as he runs some uh respectably um, that he'd definitely be on my mind for, for Cheltenham because, you know, the race is weaker than it was last year, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah. Well, from, it's it's gone should, from should being be. the most exciting race of the season to being who, the, who do you back? I mean, yeah. like it, it, I mean, Kevin Blake made the point the other day it's, it's remarkable that the only horse who's managed to actually be foot perfect and keep his card, not blot his copybook, is the psycho Mike Bite. It's quite yes. remarkable that he's the one uh, who's been the
2: most reliable throughout the season, but we shall see. Um, well, yeah, but again, he's you know his former winning the King George can be knocked very easily indeed. Mm. Um, oh, so, no,
1: it could be indeed, but yeah. uh, then again, he is two from two. Well, I
2: guess uh, you know, the, the way to approach this might be just to leave this race alone for betting purposes, um, but take the view that you should buy some a native river, not on a no bet for the gold cup.
1: Yeah, because we, if he do does we, run as tinker, you know you're going to get your hands? money back. yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're not, to, they're not going to run him after after running if he runs badly here, and if he runs at all, respectively, he's going to shorten up for the goal Cup. Yeah,
1: and he could be a decent enough price in the exchange. That is certainly. Yeah, the fact
2: the it. fact that the way the market works is horses, you know, um, get clipped in for for turning up for races, um, and they don't tend to get knocked out to silly prices if they get beaten anyway. We're we're happy to forgive one run. That mm. um, the horses who don't run at all, um, you know, from the start of the season, end up drifting. Um, and you might end up with a silly price about Native, Native River um, just because of what else has happened to other horses.
1: All right, so right, let's move on to another disappointing renewal of a big race at Newbury. It is now the Betfair Exchange Chase Grade 2, but we know it as the Game Spirit Chase. And the unbeaten Altior makes his seasonal reappearance for Nicky Henderson and Nico. Uh, as Robbie McNamara likes to call him um, obviously it was disappointing that he missed the Tinkle Creek and other races this season but he's back question is how fit will he be well he'll definitely be put to the test by Politologue, who has won the Tinkle Creek the Halden Gold Cup and managed to win at Kempton with a fairly simple task after the fall a special tiara uh, he'll put it up to him Rory Altior will have to be at his best uh, if he's going to win this <laughs>
2: yeah it had to be reasonably close to his best um i think you you have to put a figure on how far behind altior politolog is um and that's certainly half a stone um at least uh, and you'd expect improvement from altior as a second season chaser as well and uh, you know the, the improvement we've seen at politolog this season is improvement we should also be seeing from altior um and then you look at if, if you list what politologue has done this season, it reads very, very impressively. Um, but if you look at the individual races, then holes um, begin to appear. Um, he, had, he didn't have much weight in his back when he won the Halton Gold Cup. Um, that race fell apart to some degree. Um, the Tingle Creek, obviously, is a, is a big step up. Um, but he met some, uh, my beloved Fox Norton on uh, a day when he clearly wasn't at his best. I think Fox Norton um, came back from the King George with a back problem. I suspect the way he went through the Tingle Creek um, that he had the beginning of that problem there because he didn't jump with his usual fluency. Yeah, He lost ground coming away from most of his fences, which is unlike him, uh, and that's given the advantage to Politolog, well, um, who, you know, who's a very good jumper and a very straightforward horse.
1: Didn't Poppy Power say that he just was never on a going day that, that day, that he, he never really could get him into the rhythm that he's used to?
2: Yes. Mm. Yeah, and I think you know for whatever reason... Um, you know, he certainly wasn't the horse that we saw on his previous start. Um, and you can put that down to various things, you know, not, not everyone enjoys jumping around sand down, um, anyway. Um, and of course that, you know, the, the, the stables horses were beginning to, to go a bit in and out to say the yeah. least at that stage. True. And of course, you know, he, he, he was beaten very early on in the King George. It wasn't stamina that beat him. Oh, he was thrashed. He never, he never really went a yard. Yeah, wait so, for it. And it turned out, interestingly, Joe Tizzard, after that said um, he, he's having treatment on his back, and he, the same thing happened to him last season, which I hadn't heard last season, despite having spoken to Colin Tizard at length about him. Um, uh, so and, he clearly has a recurring a recurring back issue.
1: And being one of his close personal friends. Now, one of the biggest Indeed. names in racing is Altior, and he's one of the most exciting horses in training, and one mm-hmm. of the horses that people are extremely looking forward to seeing. Uh, he, he is unbeaten. I don't I think you said on the Matchbook Betting podcast yesterday that Nicky Henderson wouldn't care one jot if he finished third in this race because it's all going to be about the Queen Mother champion chase. That's going to be the focal point for him. Um, But there will be some people who look at his price at 8 to 13 in and around that, I think, Vanessa, and will say, I mean, the source is just a machine. Shouldn't we be lumping on? Would that be... Would you be preaching caution, Rory? Because again, you're close personal friends with Nicky. Question is over a glass of brandy, has he told you he's ready to go? Or has he told you, wait wait till Cheltenham, old boy, wait till Cheltenham.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, the point was made that there's no one better at getting one fit for for a race um, that matters than Nicky. Uh, and that is absolutely true, but this race doesn't matter. And his his unbeaten record doesn't matter, I don't think, to Nicky. Mm. Um, winning champion chases matters. Um, and the fact, the fact that he's been out for so long after this win... Um, Uh, surgery would normally be a big worry Um, but the bottom line is that Henderson said straight away whenever um, it was announced that he needed a wind operation that he'd be on the easy list for a month and then they would bring him back possibly to have a run in this or possibly go straight to Cheltenham so they were always going to take it very slowly and Nicky has basically to my mind has made the decision that he was just working backwards from the champion chase he didn't care about picking up minor pots between now and then he could have had him back for for um, Kempton at Christmas if he wanted to, if it was important for him to to win a decent uh, prize um, over two miles. He could have taken Politologue on, um, but he made the decision immediately. There's no point in rushing this horse back. Um, all all roads do lead to Cheltenham in March, and he's just he's just planned the whole campaign around that, which means that he is vulnerable here. Um, it, to use Nicky's own words, he will not be fully fit. Um, because his, he's been trained to peak um, for five weeks time uh, and if he's going to get beaten this would be the day he's, he, he would get beaten uh, in saying that there's also been you know word coming out of the nickels yard that you know Politologue similarly mm. you know, in order to get him spot on for Cheltenham they've let him down since Kempton a little bit um, they're building him back up again and he won't be at 100% fitness i heard Harry Jerem say that so you know he's not guaranteed to be at his best either so I suspect that Altuar wins this because he's never been a hard horse to get fit. And although he's not been back in, in serious work for that long, um he's always one one fresh. Um he's very clean-winded, um, ironically enough, given he's just had an operation.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and uh yeah, I, I, I just think it'll he's got a little bit too too much um for a politologue. You know, they've got a similar similar styles of going about things, they're both bull jumpers um who who go from near the fronts. Uh, but I think whenever they match strides, Altior is just the, the one who, who is that bit more exciting. But it's not really a betting race, unless someone decides want to and take Altior on and make him odds against. Um, and of course, if, if by some chance Valdez won this, on his retirement, horses coming back from bricks, coming back from over a thousand days... I'm sorry,
1: days. this definitely deserves a... What? <laughs> if Valdez last... beats Altior
2: and Pulizalog, there's going to be a few eyebrows raised. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's not not like Valdez is useless. He was, he was a big, big fancy for the Arkle when we last saw him.
1: It's 1,204 days since we saw the horse run. He's not been standing in a field for
2: 1,204 days
1: now, has he? Oh, come on, um, man. He's 11 years of age now.
2: Stranger things have happened, Emmett. Mm. Stranger, Stranger
1: things, things have happened.
0: Have
2: happened. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Ryle, is
1: Altior's class going to get him through tomorrow?
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I... Some of what Rory says I agree was unlike me. Some of it I don't. Well, no, it's not that I don't. I know what he's saying about this being obvious, obviously a stepping stone to the Queen Mother. But knowing how cautious Nicky is with the way he campaigns his horses and the races he actually chooses to let them run in, you know, we we know he loves a racecourse gallop, and we know that he loves getting them fit without them actually having to line up in a proper race. I it, I took it as a huge positive that I'm that to see that he that that he's letting him run here because I just don't think that he would be letting him run if he thought for a moment that he wasn't at a point where he could do himself justice. And for me, doing Altior justice is winning this race, whether Politolog's on top song or not. For me, Politolog's a horse that is a bit like dodging bullets, you know, it's been muted before. He's making hay whilst the sun shines in the two mile division as other horses, e.g. Duvan and Altior Mm. aren't around. Great comparison. Um, I I like him. He's exciting to watch. He's done well to win what he's won. And it's, again, more superb training by Paul Nichols. But I don't think Altior, you guys mentioned that Altior has to be near enough at his best to win this. I really don't think he does. I think he could be at 75% and with Politolog at maybe 90%. Uh, I think Altio would still win this. And I just don't think they'd be lining him up and letting him take letting him have a proper race against a semi you know, a nearly one hundred percent fit horse, um, if they didn't think that he was gonna go and do himself justice. Because if 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 they were worried they'd just sack it off and take him and do a race course gallop or a schooling session, which they've done before, you know, we saw that we do a sprint sack around Newbury at you know, he's done that in the past, mm, so
1: go there I think
0: that, yeah, I think that he, um, he'd he be doing that if he was in any way worried. I think it's a huge vote of confidence that they're letting him run here, and for me, he just wins it, and I think we it's definitely not a betting race. It's a sit-back-and-enjoy race because... As Rory pointed out, the breathing operation, has it's not like we can all calm down. It's not like the biggest thing in the world. It was just a small operation. And he should, by all intents and purposes, come back to nearly, well, his best, if not better, because of the whole second season chaser angle. So, yeah, buzzing for the race, actually. Um, But more just to sit back and enjoy Altior.
1: Well, the Cheltenham Festival is getting closer and closer, and we need our stars so a good, with yeah. all respect to Politologue, a huge performance from Elthier tomorrow would be very, very welcome. Uh, just very, very briefly, the final race in the card is the listed bumper, Brewing Up a Storm, just the £250,000 uh, he caught after making a successful point debut back in April. He's trained by Ollie Murphy, Richard Johnson on board, and he's definitely going to be favourite. Um, Roy, this is a good bumper. Is he going to
2: be
0: favourite? always favorite? a good bumper.
1: Well, Vanessa, who's going to challenge him? Who will be favorite?
0: I don't know. There's that good boy Bobby in there. Everyone's mad about him. Yeah,
1: he was being talked um, up for the champion bumper, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: there's horse. There's that other horse, um, the Henderson horse. I can't get it up here. Morning he Vicar. That Is that the one I'm talking about?
2: It's a Henderson horse in the race. Morning Vicker. Yeah. yeah. Beneficial. Yeah,
0: no, and, Yeah. And, and he has two in it. But yeah, Morning Vicker. I mean, for me, I love brewing up a storm. And uh, I'm excited to see him again after his win last time out where he just did it emphatically on what was very testing ground. And he just seemed to make absolutely nothing of it. Um, he was very impressive that day, and everyone seemed to put him in the tracker. But good boy Bobby's done it well as well. At Chepstow, um it's kind of the horses in behind maybe weren't of particularly great standard, but it wasn't so much what he beat, it's more how he did it, which was sort of on the bridle with his head tucked into his chest. Um, it's a red-hot race. It, I, some of the, I pointed out that of the 12 lining up, I think 10 are coming in here off the back of a win last time out. Which is pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. It's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. But in terms of having a bet, I think I'd, I'd side potentially with good boy Bobby over Brewing Up a Storm at this stage. But all right, who knows?
1: We are clashing so in the final race at Newbury. Uh, Rory, your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, a couple more war who deserve a mention there. Um, Moonlighter was an impressive winner and a good time at Bangor on his debut for, um, for the informed Nick Williams and Lizzie Kelly. Uh, And that'll be an interesting one. I think they had a a half-brother to Moonlighter um, run really well in this race before, if memory serves, Horatio Hornblower. Um, The only worry that I have with Moonlighter is that a few of the family have run absolute blinders on debut and then not really gone on from it straight away. Mm. Um, AC Milan, um, that's... That's nine to one. I see. That, that's I mean a, a bit more exposed, you could say, than some of these. Um, having had three runs and bombers for Anthony Honeyball, but um, he was really impressive in a, a listed race at um, uh, at Cheltenham, and there's more to come from him. But I'm going to throw in, well, by the way, just a. To... I'm going to throw in a hundred to one poke. Not a no, hundred to one the most. No. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think You'll get a hundred to one. What? The horse that finished fourth behind the well fancied Morning Vicar last time out, Henri Chant, Henri Chant
0: oh, for we go. Um,
2: David Bridgewater. Um, he cost plenty of money, um, bought from a, a small French outfit for, I think, 150 grand, yep. having um, been in the frame and three um, sort of mile-and-a-half bumpers. He traded odds-on on that race, travelled really, really well, maybe did a bit too much in front uh, and faded just in the last 50 to 100 yards. You, you couldn't have possibly seen him out of the frame um, with uh, with two furlongs to run. He'd have been one oh one a place. And I think he traded about, you know, twos on or, or two to five in the run before getting run out of it. There is a possibility he didn't stay because his previous form was over a mile and a half. Um, but my view of him that day was that he ran like a horse who just needed the run after a break on his first run for a new yard, and he would improve for it. So while there are more obvious horses in this race, he gets weight from, from virtually everything. He's only got 10 stone 7 um and he's going to be a big price i see there's not many firms who've priced the race up he's 40s at this stage but the way this goes there'll be a few horses backed in here he'll drift um and you could get a, tri- a triple figure price on the exchanges
1: this horse about him, but certainly- is going in my each way lucky 31 tomorrow and then we're all off to dubai when uh wins the 440 at Newbury. that is some some call of course, if he finishes tailed off, we'll just like. Yes, exactly. We'll just and he's, he's to awesome.
2: abuse at you. He will definitely win races. It may well be that what he needs is, you know, if he isn't a stayer, um, then when they switch him to hurdles on good ground in the spring, you you know, he will be up to winning races. I just love the way he went about things um, early on at Newbury. Okay. Um, and he's he's got more ability than his price suggests. All
1: right. Well, he's a huge price tomorrow, so we definitely have to get involved oh. for sure. But. Uh, Definitely Adam him at the racist tracker because, by the sounds of things, he's definitely one to follow. Uh, we'll briefly look at the Betway Kingmaker novices chase at Warwick. Long we odds on play. favorite here. <laughs> I was going to say it's not the best of races. Uh, although there is our old friend Northill Harvey, who definitely would have placed in the Supreme had it not been for that mistake. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, he's second favorite, but um, a long odds on favorite here. Rory, we'll just leave it to you. Betway Kingmaker chase. Is there a bet in this race?
2: Uh, No. No, I'm I'm not a fan of backing um, horses at very short prices in races like this. Um, Warwick has caught um, some very good horses out in the the past because of the way the the fences come in the back straight, and um, San Calvados is going to be very short. I I touched on him during the week Mm -hmm. um, on the Matchbook podcast saying, you know, he he would have been an interesting one if they'd run him um, in the game spirit. He was in that race. He was. At the entry stage. Um, And obviously his wins so far have come in Newbury. Um, over the same course and distance. And I, I, he actually could have... I think he would have been the, almost the one to beat the way it went um, because the other two wouldn't look to break each other, you know, to cut each other's throats. And I think uh, St. Calvados is clearly a dangerous horse to let go on his own. Um, he sets a strong pace from the start. He should win this and he should win it easy. But the, the issue you have, you've mentioned North Hill Harvey. He's a high-class horse himself, but he is given a lot of weight away yeah. um, to... And Calvados and that probably tips things in the uh, the latter's favor whether he'll be suited by Cheltenham I don't know he'd obviously have had a very interesting chance in the Arkle San Calvados given what he's shown for Harry Whittington I would have thought he'd want to go entry with him he's done that before he San Calvados I think um I think if he's won a, a race that's um that, that really nice horse he had a couple of seasons ago he won the grade one at entry um, but was uh, was lost shortly afterwards.
0: Oh, the really nice
2: horse.
0: Yeah. Oh my um, God, what was that called?
2: And t- trainers, being creatures of habit, they tend to to, um, to follow the same sort of path. So, um, Saint Calvados has not seen anything vaguely like Cheltenham um, thus far, um, and I would have thought, whatever happens to Matt Warwick, they might want to go entry rather than Cheltenham, but we shall see. But yeah, he's, he's got the winning of this, but I don't want to backwash us at 4-7 to seven or 8-15 in races like this.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be my cup of tea either. I know you make a very good point about that track. Mm-hmm. It has caught out many a good horse over the years. Let's switch focus to Nace live on At The Races. Uh, we will see Denaria, De Sobo, Osteria, Benny, De Dieu. Uh, David Mullins taking over for Paul Townend, who is unfortunately on the uh, injured physios table for a little while, um, which is really unfortunate for him seeing as he's been number one uh, since ruby has been out but um he won't be out for too long uh and vanessa you're the one who really wants to talk about this race uh, Denari de sobo is going to be very high in a lot of people's short lists and i think he's high on yours she's high on uh, yours
0: yeah, she is, because um, I think these are the sort of races she'll end up farming over her career in terms of the fact that she had two... So she she obviously looked very impressive at the start of the season when she ran at Wexford and somewhere else, can't remember where, uh, winning well, winning the latter by a long, long, long margin. They then threw her into Grade 1 company, and although she won, ran respectively behind Death Duty at Christmas, it wasn't... Um, I, well, I thought she was better than that. Really, I thought she might get a bit closer to him. Well, Having said that, well, a we're... lot of people
1: thought she could win with the sex allowance. A lot of really, yeah. a lot of people were yeah. putting her up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and although she, you know, like she wasn't beaten far, and she ran a decent race, but I, I thought she'd get nearer death duty. Mm. And then when, and then they tried her back again. Um, sorry, again, the 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 run she had at Christmas. Sorry, was the one where she kind of blew up all together and i think it was all happened a bit too fast for her and it didn't um I actually don't know. She was just beaten a very, very, very long way. Mm. Anyway, they dropped her down in grade at Thurless last time out. She got her confidence back, and she won really well. And I think this will be a similar race to that. She's back down in grade again, and she's good enough. She's proper grade two class. She's good enough for this. I think I'm not – everyone's going mad about the the Mullins horse, Benny de de, Dior, however you say it. Benny de yeah but i i don't know it, it's is that I'm, I'm not sure her form entirely stacks up at the moment well it definitely doesn't she's just done it impressively uh but has willie mullins just found nice opportunities for her. that race at carlisle she ran she she bought she she won but beat some not exactly top grade animals definitely not grade two class that's what i was um, thinking
1: Melissa. i thought that was just a really good piece i'm not taking away from her she could turn out to be a star but i thought it was a really good piece of placing
0: I think placing is what should be commended there rather than the horse. Um, and for me, yeah, denari is about just has better form in the book and is a proper, proper grade two performer. And we're yet to see that from mm. the either of the Mullins horses, in all honesty.
2: Uh, Rory, your thoughts on the opera hat chase? I'm with Benny de um, I'd be interested to see what price the, the Mullins pair go off because Asturia is not the biggest to, to go chasing. She's, she's jumped pretty well in two starts so far, but... She um she looked very chancy over hurdles at times. Oh. Um and I definitely prefer uh, Benny DeJo off the uh, off the pair. I think it's a fair point to make that um she hasn't had to beat an awful lot so far. Um and Denaria Dezobo um does have um considerably uh, more solid form, I suppose. So um there's there's that little bit to prove, and of course she's conceding four pounds. Um, but I I would just I would just favour her as it stands. But I wouldn't look to be getting heavily involved there. I do fancy one on the next race though, this? Oh, uh-huh. tell us more. Which is cool, you know um, I hope you're going to get a price about it as well. But um, uh, it's a kind of I would love to see a price in the morning which soon disappears. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Um, Jesse Harrington's got a horse called Easy Pass. In the opportunity handicap hurdle, this is a horse who ran in in grade three company as a juvenile hurdler last season, um, and came back on the flat and caught the eye once or twice, particularly at Leaburg Town under a very quite a negative ride, um, in a mile and a half, mile and six handicap. Um, hasn't um, hasn't done an awful lot back over hurdles this year, but now makes his handicap debut, um, and is rated ninety four. Now he was running perfectly well off marks in the 70s on the flat, not that long ago. Um, and in terms of ability, he's a, an awful lot better than 94. This is by far his easiest task down to a essentially a not to 109. Um, and if there's any money for him at all in the morning, that would be telling. I thought he could be potentially chucked in there and uh, because his form doesn't read terribly well at first glance. Um, the overnight prices might be quite generous. But if they're still generous at the time, at the off, I'd be worried.
1: Kevin Blake's ears are burning, as you suggest, backing a horse in the overnight prices. Oh, dear. He's going to freak out once he hears this. Uh, let's move on to Sunday. I'm just going to very, very briefly mention Exeter. Is Brian Cooper on the sidelines?
0: I, I,
2: Who are you asking?
0: I don't... <laughs> Both I, of you. I, I... I don't know the answer to that question. Is he but in- also, I, I think Polished Steel wins the bumper for the Harringtons at Nace as well. So they'll There's have a double the
1: on issue. the day. Nice, nice <laughs> mix there. Uh, is he suspended? The reason I ask, no you've, you've all gone yeah. very quiet. The reason I'm asking this is because Tom Scudamore takes the ride on Vision de Fla, Uh Or Vision de Flow or whatever you want to call him. The horse that was bought for an absolute fortune and has tanked so far, basically. Uh, but Tom Scudamore takes over. He's tongue-tied for the first time, and um, obviously he came with a big reputation. It could just be that he was really fired up for his bumper in Ireland, but he had a huge reputation over the over the summer, and uh, Tom Scudamore's going to ride him, which is interesting. Uh, none of you had an interest in talking about the races at Punchestown, but I do have an interest in talking about the Hunter Chase, because... Over Christmas, <coughs> I was talking of Burning Ambition for Limerick. He duly obliged and absolutely bolted up. But now he faces Gil Gamboa, and I think this is going to be a cracking, cracking race that you have to watch on at the races. It's a three forty-five in Punchestown, and I think Burning Ambition's going to win. I'm sticking with him, and I'm actually going to back him for Cheltenham. So there you go. Burning Ambition goes in the three forty-five in the hundred chase against the mighty Gil Gamboa for Ender Bulger. Who you've is-
0: literally just... You, the only reason you brought up the down card is so you can get that in. Like, no, we don't care about Vision de Floss, really, Not to be honest. Not in the
1: slightest. Not in the slightest. It's
0: literally the only reason you've brought that up. In fact, it's probably the only reason you've brought any Irish racing up at all in this podcast is just so you can get that in.
1: Get what in? Did I want to back Burning Ambition for Cheltenham?
0: That you just love Burning Ambition. Oh, yeah.
1: Then... it. We brought up Irish racing because you wanted to talk about the opera hat chase, which... And the Harrington did.
0: horse the bumper. And next. the Harrington
1: horse in the bumper. And now we've got a big tip from Rory as well. Uh, I did just spot that White Arm is running as well, and he loves three mile four, so he could be interesting. But Burning Ambition. <laughs> burning Ambition. Punchestown. 3.45. The dream is alive. Best bets for the weekend. Rory DeLargy.
2: Uh Aside from easy pass... Um... I think I'll, you've got to go with the big race at Newbury, really. Um, and I will uh, put up the mighty Coor Blimey.
1: Coor blimey. This is a 25-to-1 shot that could be 33s, and you're basically napping this horse. I'm loving it. Uh, no pressure, Vanessa Ryle. Who's your nap of the weekend?
0: Um, well, I'm going to go with Nanus on the basis that I know it's taking on Rory, which anyone would be mad to do, but I'm going for it because I've convinced myself That Gary Moore is a god, and this is going our way.
1: That's high praise indeed, there for Gary Moore. Uh, I was going (laughs) to nap Burning Ambition, but seeing as you were taking on Rory as well, then I'll do it too. Vindication. Sweet, sweet justice. Moonracer wins the Betfair hurdle. Oh my god. Absolutely lump on. He gets the job done. Tom Scudamore swinging away on the bridle. (laughs) The dream is still alive. Right, that's it. We're back on Monday uh, when Tony Keenan makes his glorious return from the wilderness and back to the final Furlong podcast to prove once and for all that there was no falling out. He's just been too busy in this big time Charlie these days, Uh, but he's back on the show on Monday as we review the weekend's racing, and we'll have a discussion about the Cheltenham Festival as well, because why wouldn't we? Uh, Thanks so much to Vanessa Ryle. Uh, Thanks so much to Rory as well. They had to wait for hours due to technical difficulties, Uh, so a huge amount of appreciation goes to them. Uh, Rory, you've got a column for Matchbook, which is out tonight at insights.org matchbook.com uh, interestingly you're talking about laying horses yes really selling it there Rory <laughs> really oh, a fine it. job on selling it well, I, can't, I can't just tell you what I'm going to put up no but you could just say yeah I've got a few interesting horses no in
2: we had some it, it was decent picking last weekend yeah, you did very well um, we were um, we were, um, taking on um, the likes of uh, York Hill uh, and Fohin. Uh, and um, now doing all right out of it.
1: Now, we not, know. it's not so easy
2: this weekend, though, is it?
1: Now we know why your drifted. That explains,
2: yeah. That. I, I very much don't. <laughs> but there you go.
1: Uh, you can see Rory's thoughts at insights.matchbook.com for this weekend. Vanessa Ryle will be joining Kevin Blake and myself live on Get In on friday uh, obviously not tonight friday week so we're very much looking forward to that and kevin blake is back with me on monday as tony keenan joins us for a brand new final furlong podcast as the twice weekly shows continue to come out to you hot and fresh
0: we didn't say tell the listeners where kevin is they'll be wondering
1: we're not telling them kevin blake for... and producer He's... d deserve their privacy they are on holiday but they deserve their privacy
0: you know that's not true. Kevin Blake's gone to have his face reconstructed by a very, very, very high-profile plastic surgeon in Dublin.
1: <laughs> and on that bombshell, we're done. Vanessa Ryle takes all the responsibility for that joke. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, thank you for all the kind words on social media as well during the week. Uh, I say it a lot, but it really is much appreciated. And uh, we're very, very grateful for it. Uh, thank you very much to Roy Delargy.
2: Thank you, and good night.
1: To Vanessa Ryle. Thank you. And for me, Amish Kennedy, thanks for listening. We will talk to you again on Monday on AtTheRaces.com. Have a great weekend. God bless.
0: Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.